power hour lsu boom all night long yes Freaking go! Jaden Daniels versus Jackson Dart. Is this the actual best quarterback battle of the season? There are quite a few of them as throughout the SEC this weekend. There's only SEC on SEC action. We'll talk a little bit about all the games that are happening. But to start things off here... I truly do believe that LSU has the better quarterback in this matchup. And I understand that Jaden had a tough first half versus Ole Miss. It did help that Brian Thomas Jr. and Malik Neighbors made some absolutely incredible plays. It is going to be interesting to see how the LSU defense performs. But for the most part, this is a quarterback's league. This is a quarterback sport. And I do think Jaden will be able to do enough for LSU this next weekend to actually go in there and win the football game. And look, sometimes it's not necessarily about who you are as a quarterback, but who is surrounding you. And I feel as if at this point, when you look at this Ole Miss offensive line, they are not the absolute best. When you look at Jackson Dart, I don't necessarily view him as a creator. Yes, is he probably a smoother thrower of the football than Jaden Daniels? Probably so. But what I can also tell you about Jackson Dart is I don't feel he is an out-of-structure quarterback. I feel as if he is a guy that really has to work within the confines of the Lane Kiffin system. And I do think this offensive line, yes, they went up against the best defensive line probably right now in the SEC. That is Alabama's. But the truth is, I feel as if LSU's defensive line is also very good, and I think they could have a big day versus Lane Kiffin's offensive line, even though the LSU defense overall isn't having their absolute best season right now. So, obviously, so much of this matchup this weekend is going to be made of one quarterback versus the other. But as always, there is more to college football than when it is just one quarterback versus the next. Okay, we say hi to Big Al. We say hi to Cliff, Skipper, Dexter, Bayou Bengals. We're all in this thing today. Let's freaking go. Now, next thing I want to get to, the wild Lane Kiffin stat. I actually pulled it up. I referenced it over the past couple of live streams and even Blake brought it up last night when I was on with him yesterday okay here you go from Shehan Jayaraja of cbssports.com Lane Kiffin is 1 and 19 as a head coach against power 5 opponents who won at least 9 games let me repeat Lane Kiffin has only won one game versus a team that ended up winning nine games or more on the season. And that was all the way back in 2011 when he beat Oregon while he was at USC. Okay. So the truth is, is it true that Brian Kelly 
hasn't been the absolute strongest in big games. Is it true? Yes, it is true. And I think Brian Kelly would probably tell you the same thing, that he wishes he could have been better in big games. But this is also true, okay? I don't trust Lane Kiffin in a big game. I just don't. I just don't. And, you know, when you really start to pick apart the Lane Kiffin tenure at Ole Miss, you begin to start seeing the lack of big wins on his resume. Okay? Now, something else. You see here, this is one of many predictive analysts that I love. This is Parker Fleming also known as Stats of War, one of the favorite analytic accounts in the college football world. Right now, Ole Miss is a three-point underdog. That line has since moved to two and a half. But on this graph, you're going to see plus three. And Parker actually has Ole Miss as the slight favorite in this matchup. Now, there are a bunch of analytics on here, a bunch of advanced stats. I'm not going to go through what all of this means, but it is going to be interesting to see. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't put their predictive analysts, uh, analytics out just yet. We'll talk about the SP Plus predictions uh, on tomorrow's 6 p.m. live stream. And don't forget, Tuesday, Thursdays, 8.15 Central, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central. And your boy might be on the road this weekend, okay? It's, it's, it's some more details on that coming up. And I'm really, really, really going to need you guys to support me, right? If you truly do believe in what I'm doing, if you truly do believe in my vision um, for one day getting this thing on a national level, I'm really going to need your help over the next couple of weeks, okay? we got to keep growing this thing. Now, I understand that there are so many different things that LSU football – is dealing with right now. There are some recruiting things going on with LSU football right now. Obviously, when the season goes on, I could honestly care less about recruiting until December actually rolls around. But the truth is, um, there is a big-time recruit in Terry Bussey making his decision later this week on where he might commit. But we are almost to the finish line, of course, in December when everybody signed seals, delivered their futures, or I should I say their immediate features in all of college football. So uh, there you go. Now, I have touched on everything that I wanted to touch on at the beginning of tonight's live stream. You also see in the thumbnail image, Harold Perkins tackling Jackson Dart, right? That's an iconic image. I even bought an autographed photo of that, of Harold Perkins making that play and the stare down. And I actually got it for my dad for Father's Day uh, last year for my guy, Ty Christiana. I'm a huge Harold Perkins fan. I don't think anyone here uh, disagrees with that. What I will also tell you, though, is up to this point, this hasn't been the same type of Harold Perkins season as we saw last year. Okay, He did make some good plays in the Arkansas game. He did have that good sack at the end of the first half. Um, I do want to see him just playing the jack on the line of scrimmage more often. Um, you know, we can get into what the rotation should look like with him, Brayden Swenson, Ovi, and Ovia Gufu. Obviously, Harold Perkins is playing a lot of like traditional, but not quite traditional linebacker. He's playing the nickel or just a traditional outside linebacker outside the box. He's been doing that a lot lately. But obviously, we are just on pins and needles waiting for that one Harold Perkins game. There was just so many of them last year. And I wouldn't say he was just 
awful uh, th- this past week, but it wasn't a great grade for me from Hale Perkins. And I think some of it is he just hasn't quite gotten comfortable in what LSU wants him to do at this point. And it also kind of goes along with what Brian Kelly preached about the LSU defense. They need to do a great job of just doing their job. So obviously those things need to come together for LSU to get to where they want to be. Now, I'll also mention this. As you can see, I'm wearing my LSU Women's Final Four t-shirt from when I was there in Dallas for when LSU cut down the nets. Um, Big shout out LSU Women's Basketball. Great showing for their free practice. Uh, Over 2,000 people. That's absolutely crazy. And uh, good luck as Kim Mulkey gets the ladies ready to go. Okay, we say hi to Ethan and Hammond on the way to Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Ethan, that's that's the wrong direction. I mean, the, the, you got to stay in the South. You got to stay in God's country, baby. Ha, ha, ha. Good to see you. Dr. Morgan got to meet Dr. Morgan this weekend. That's my buddy right there. LD88. Make just join the PHL T-shirt club. You know, Tyler's still in the PHL T-shirt club. That's him and his son rocking the threads, baby. I do think more pressure is on Lane Kiffin here. I really do believe so. I understand that more people would feel that for Brian Kelly, that the pressure is on him. I do think it's not even close between the two schools who this is a bigger must win for. Okay. I think undoubtedly it's Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Um, Here's the thing. If you're an LSU fan, okay. You can lose this game and your future still stand in front of you. You can, right? As long as you win out, your destiny is more than likely still in your control. Okay. Um, and this is why Georgia is still on Ole Miss's schedule, and Ole Miss has to go to Georgia later this season. Ole Miss already has one SEC loss to their resume, and at this point, we're probably going to need to beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa anyway. So as of right now, I do think um, for, for LSU, you, you look at this game, obviously when it comes to the playoff, You don't want to have two losses. There's not been a two-loss team that's gotten into the playoff. But I do think with how wacky the SEC season is and how crazy the college football landscape is right now, I'll say it once, I'll say it again, I think this season will end up being one of the top five seasons in college football history. I really do think so. There is that much chaos surrounding this sport right now. There is a plausible scenario where Washington has a chance to win the college football playoff this year. So I'll tell you this right now. I think more of the pressure is on Lane. This is a game that they absolutely must win. If they don't, they are out of the SEC race altogether. If LSU doesn't win, their destiny, once again, is still in their control. Now, obviously, if you were to lose a game, if you're LSU, you would probably prefer to lose the Missouri game, as, as crazy as that sounds, because that way you truly do control your own destiny um, because they are in the East and you are in the West. So take that for what it's worth. But you don't want either one 
of those games to be lost. Now, one final thing here, and it's a very minor thing, if you ask me. I don't think this changes too much, but Ole Miss did lose a key player tonight. Michael Trigg, a tight end out of Florida, who went to USC originally and now was with Ole Miss and had a pretty, I feel, good role with this team. He is no longer with the team. So it is uh, It is very, very, very interesting. Now, one final thing that I want to include on this, okay? This has been confirmed and this just happened just a few seconds ago from Brad Logan of Ole Miss. They are honoring the 2003 team and the Cotton Bowl champions um, this weekend in Oxford. So a big weekend, right? You got some 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 pretty big names and Eli Manning will be in the building for this game. So, yeah, that is absolutely crazy. Now, um, I do want to do this, okay? And I want to be straight up about all of this. I always like to give you how I feel about a game, all right? Florida State game, if you go listen to all the live streams, you could tell how shaky I was with LSU going into this game. Even though the LSU secondary isn't playing well right now, and even though the film was really bad, and I did say that the Arkansas game defensively was actually way worse than the scoreline indicated. I truly do believe, as much as I love K.J. Jefferson, you guys know I love this guy. We all have our favorite players in the SEC that play on other teams. As prolific as he was, that was such an atrocious defensive performance. It really was. And it's not any one person. It's not any one coach. It was a collective effort, okay? And what do I always say? Look at the end results, okay? Focus on the end results, all right? And once you see the end results, then scrap it, okay? Scrap it all together and then ask yourself, could it have been worse? Were you lucky or unlucky? And the truth is about the LSU defensive performance is whatever you thought about it, it was probably worse. It actually was worse, okay? So let's go through what I would consider to be lucky plays, all right? Obviously, Major Burns making an incredible stop at the one-inch line versus Lucas. And then they committed a false start penalty on the one-inch line, which would that play have been stopped? I'm not sure. Okay, so what? They were one inch away from scoring a touchdown early in the game. Then, you know, the major burns, I say the major burns, the Andre Sam interception was so freaking incredible. And Andre made an amazing play. But the truth is, we got turned around pretty badly on the back end of that play. Okay, that could have been much worse. Then you factor in that. They were giving us every single break you could think of. False start penalties, holding penalties, um, undisciplined play. They were burning timeouts. 
and they still got a fake field goal office. Uh, they, they still got all these other things on us. And by the way, they scored an extra deep touchdown that was called back for a holding penalty. Okay. So when you really look at it, they really worked us. Now, once again, we're not going to play a quarterback as good as KJ Jefferson, but Jackson Dart's pretty good, and he's got a way better supporting cast than KJ Jefferson. So if I am Brian Kelly, it is now time to fully unleash everybody on that defense. And it was a really good question by Matt Moscone earlier this week. Is there anyone else? Have we seen everything at this point? Whatever you think, just think again. (laughs) Because the defensive performance was not great. And we have got to be better. All right? We just do. And I don't care if Lane Kiffin is the worst big game coach. You can still call one hell of a game. All right? So, Everything I've said about how much I like LSU going into this weekend, I really do. I do think that they win this football game, but I'm telling you right now, this LSU defense might very well be one of the worst. And I also want to bring up one thing, all right? I did not think the Edwards on defenses could be could could be topped. I really don't think so. Right? But then again, like we we were actually just running man coverage on every snap, right? Like that that was destined to fail. That's not what we're doing, right? We we actually have someone in there that's called good defenses before. We have experience in there. And it's still not working. We we have got to do better. We have got to do better. All right. And trust you, Cole. I will give KJ more props than anybody you'll see. I freaking love that guy. But, man, we've got to be better. We just do. Now, don't forget, this channel is as much about you as it is about me. Appreciate each and every one of you. Let me know right now. Do you believe the LSU defense will Give up 35 or more points versus Ole Miss. Type Y for yes, type Inferno. 35 or more points versus Ole Miss. Type Y for yes, type Inferno. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. Is he in here? Did, did he sneak in here? Did, I know we got I know we got a bunch of people just, just crawling on in here. Uh-oh. The Master! Blaster is in the building. So tonight, if we get to a hundo and super chats, we're giving out this Tredavious White rookie card. Dane, if you're in here, I never got your email for your address for your Patrick Peterson card, powerhourlsu at gmail.com. But if we get to a hundo and super chats tonight, we will give out the Trey White 
card. So yeah, Dane, shoot me an email. PowerHourLSU at gmail.com. Now we'll take a look at the poll question tonight. Who is the better quarterback, Jaden Daniels or Jackson Dart? 99% of you. This is the most lopsided poll I have ever seen on PHL. I love it. Better not have figured out who that one person was. I voted for Sir Jackson Dart. Let's go to Kevin here. How did the Ole Miss offense play last week? They played horrible. Ten points. Obviously not a great showing. I think that Alabama defensive line is really good. Dallas Turner, I felt he was a little overvalued going into the season because he will uh, commit a big penalty and, and do something crazy every game. But he's very good. He has been nothing short of sensational. Um, this season, he's been the best Pass rusher up to this point, if you ask me. And he's really good. Really good. Um, with that said, though, the Ole Miss offense was very discombobulated. They did not look up to snuff. Okay. Let's go to Ethan. Do I think the Ole Miss run defense is okay, good, or great? So, obviously, defensively, they only gave up 24 points. They obviously weren't bad. Um, now, with that said, this is the worst Bama offense probably ever uh, during the Saban era. I don't think there's really a whole lot of the disagreement there. I know they've had like some offenses where they weren't really great like the Jacob Coker uh, offense. But, I mean, truth be told, um, I, I don't think that holding them to 24 points is anything, like, extraordinary. So just looking at their, their rushing numbers, you know, I, I took a peek at this a little bit earlier today. This is uh, how they've done up to this point, 2.8. Nine yards per carry obviously is very, very, very good. And you go down here, we are the SEC's worst at defending the run at 4.37 yards per carry. And as you can see, it's not even close. It's it's not even close. And could you imagine if Rocket Sanders actually played in this game this weekend, the Arkansas running back who is really freaking uh, good? Yeah. Uh, 4.37 um, yards per carry obviously is not that great. But what I do want to show you here is so far, this hasn't been the Quinshawn Judkins season that we all expected. You see here, he is 14th in the SEC in yards per game at 50.25. And that is, Obviously, isn't all that great. Where you know Missouri's Cody Schrader is the SEC's leader. Now, once again, this is a really, really small sample, and 
Judkins uh, is obviously the guy. Now, you take a look at this, Jackson Dart, um, he actually is a really good runner, 4.98 yards per carry, the quarterback. But then you go to here, Logan Diggs, in only three games, 84.33 yards per carry. And if you actually sort it by average yards per carry, Logan Diggs is fourth in the SEC up to this point. And Caleb Jackson is actually 17th. So I think those guys are the guys that should be getting more touches. So, you know, Ethan, their run defense is fine. I don't think um, this defense is bad by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's pretty clear that this defense is better than our defense up to this point. Very opportunistic. Obviously got some turnovers in that two-lane game, some of which were a little fluky, if you ask me. But overall, this defense under uh, first-year coordinator, um, uh, the, the, the the guy that came over from Alabama, Pete Golding, uh, they, they've been okay. They, they've been okay. So up to this point, they're fifth in the SEC in yards per play at 4.61. All right. Danny with the super chat, and uh, she'll send me the question here in a second. Thank you so much, Danny, for the super. Let's go to Ethan. Adding to that question, is Diggs going to have a great day with rushing or maybe even Jackson? Yeah, you look, you know, one thing about Lane Kiffin is his defensive lines at Ole Miss haven't necessarily been bad. They haven't necessarily been great. Um, I, I, I think for me... LSU's offensive line is clearly the best offensive line in the West up to this point. Texas A&M's had issues. Alabama's had issues. And look, we've had issues. But our offensive line is playing by far the best. They had another really good game this past weekend versus Arkansas. Um, It helped when you had really good freaking play calling to go along with it. It helps when you have really good skill position guys. And honestly, it helped getting Mason Taylor back. So, you know, I, I feel as if at this point the uh, the running backs for LSU are, are, are going to have phenomenal days going into this next weekend, and that's a good thing. You know, when you're on the road, you know, you want to be able to run the football. But at the same time, the biggest thing, Ethan, is getting those explosive plays down pat. I went and peeked at Jaden's throwing chart this past weekend via SEC StatCat, and its ADOT was well over 12. Now, it does help that he had receivers running open, um, and it does help having those guys to get open, but at the very least, Jaden is taking more shots down the field, and that in and of itself will help the running game. You know, Ole Miss historically has had defenses that really love to play back. They like to play you know, three safety looks. Obviously, that has changed some uh, now that uh, Ole Miss has gone to um, Pete Golding. So, yeah, it's 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 it should be a good day on the ground for LSU. All right. So let's go to Danny Girls Super Chat, and then we'll go to Dane. And Danny pretty much says, at one point, do we have an honest conversation that our current defense is not championship level and is a bigger concern than we want to believe? Yeah. Good to see Jason in here tonight as well, along with Dane. And we're going to go through every super channel. Really do appreciate all of you. 
Danny, it's really bad. I, I really do think so. One of the best things about going to a game, all right, just to give you a little behind the scenes here, going to a game is really hard. Okay, you look at all these other, you know, post-game shows, they, they, they don't go to the games, right? If you do, you, you honestly have to start it like an hour or so after. So for me, go to the game, leave the game, then, you know, go do a show from Cliff's apartment. And I love it. I love going to games. The best thing about going to a game is you do get a better look at the game compared to staying at home. Because staying at home, you can't really see everything. When you go to the game, you're able to see the safeties at all point, at all times. And so I was able to film, and I'm more so film the offensive stats because it is the more important side of the football. But, you know, I filmed a good bit of the defense. And I was honestly just perplexed, Danny, at some of the things that we were running. I, I really, really, really... Uh, was perplexed and to go along with that I, I'll, I'll tell you this we have got we have got to get better at just doing the little things right and I know I've said that a bunch over the past couple of days but I feel like our defense is 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 just lacking not only in the play calls but just the players themselves just some common sense right we have got to be smarter we have got to also be more physical we got to tackle better when we honestly everything at this point we have just got to be better and you know going into this year we knew the defense was going to be a big of an uh, a bit of an issue so right now Danny, we're not playing championship level defense and that's just unacceptable it really is let's go to uh dane's super chat here thanks for the pp7 card sent you an email lsu should give Ole Miss, a heavy dose of Diggs and Jackson behind Campbell. That will open up the passing game. Yeah, it, would, it, it does help when you run the football. It does. Now, Dane, it honestly also comes down to the looks that are given to you. Okay? Look, Arkansas decided to play a lot of conservative, too high looks. It also helped Dane that Arkansas secondary played horrible. They were bad in the previous games they had not been as bad as they were versus lsu i think some of it has to do with the talent that we have um but they did miss a lot of tackles that they probably should have made or at the very least put forth a little bit better of an effort um but yeah we 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 need to keep that running game going and we got to keep feeding logan Diggs, right we just do like at this point you know, the only running backs I want to see on this field is Logan Diggs, um, Caleb Jackson, and Will Campbell. Okay. Now, uh, this was a part of the PHL Discord and the PHL Patreon. We do grades on every player. Uh, tonight, you will, uh, or excuse me, tomorrow, you'll get my full LSU versus Ole Miss preview with some extra analytical kind of things that, you know, we go over once again. You get that if you're a member of the Patreon, patreon.com slash LSU football. And, you know, you, you get the grades and my lowest graded player on offense last week. And it wasn't necessarily a grade on him per se, but it was John Emery, right? And I understand John didn't really, you know, get an opportunity to play a whole lot. It's just the plays that he was in there for, he – the offense stalled. We we did not really have any successful plays when he was in there. It just kind of disrupted the rhythm. I didn't like the red zone play calling when we gave him 
two carries in a row that basically went nowhere. Um, you know, at this point, it needs to be Logan, Josh, and Caleb um, uh, from this point forward. I still think John could give us something. I do like that we tried to get him on a wheel. He has a really good receiving back out of the backfield. Um, and Mason Taylor was wide open. Jaden undershot him. Um, it was a very good play design by Mike. But, you know, I do think the running back rotation needs to be those three guys at this point. Um, and I, I would actually prefer Noah Kane at this point. Let's go to Jason Super Chat. Weeks will be the next Devin White at LSU. The kid is an absolute stud. Yeah, to say the least. I mean, he is so freaking good. They even put him in front of the media. And he told the media, I'm growing my hair out. He has not cut his hair yet this season. Okay? Let's go to Jason. They got to stop taking press corners and trying to make them play Baylor zone. Let them play press on the outside and play too high and drop the nickel. Yeah, I'm down with it, Jason. I would like to see some more press man. And honestly... Being more aggressive on the outside helped us stop Ole Miss last year. Um, they just kind of picked us apart uh, when we were just sitting back. So, yeah. But, yeah, maybe maybe playing a little bit more aggressive on the outside will give us a little bit more of that mother-freaking bite. Micah in Elkhart, Indiana. How's somebody from Elkhart, Indiana? See, I think I've seen you in here before, Micah. Yes, oh yeah, the, the the little one. Yes, okay, I've seen you in here. Good to see you. Yeah, that's nothing against nothing against John. It's just uh I mean we, we got some we got some dudes, man. Got some other freaking dudes. Sam, well, what's up, my brother? Good to see you. Um, now, next thing. And we're going to get to more of your super chats and comments. I want to go through some of the grades and how I, you know, get to the point about certain players, okay? I always ask myself how much production changes if this player is off the field, right? So... At this point, we can go out there and win a game without Will Campbell at left tackle. We can. It's just highly unlikely, right, because he is such a big piece, right? And I think at this point, there are some players on this team that have become so good that if you take them out or if they make a mistake, it drastically changes the outcome of the game, right? And right now on offense, those guys are Will, Emery, um, as in Emory Jones, Will Campbell, Emory Jones, Jane Daniels, Malik Neighbors, and Brian Thomas Jr. And now I have put Logan Diggs into that category. He has been exceptional. It's not just that he ran through Grambling. It's now two games in a row where he has provided a lot of juice for us. And look, he's doing all the little things right. He is an experienced, high IQ football player. And at this point, we lose something when he's not out there. Okay. Now, Josh is still very good. Caleb Jackson is obviously very talented and has the highest upside out of anybody. 
might have the highest upside out of anybody on the offense. He's really that talented. But Logan has, has kind of put himself in that that realm, if you ask me. So, yeah, I, I've, I've got to be real here. Um, Logan's been that great. He really has. And defensively, you know, th- to go back to Jason's super chat a minute ago, I am not sure if I'm I'm ready to 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 take what weeks off for for Omar Spates just yet. I think you kind of have to keep him in there, and I understand you want to keep that experience from Omar Spates. Uh, you want to bring some of that back into the defense, um, but it, it's clear at this point that Witt has been the more impactful player, and he's also been a very good blitzer for us. He has done a really good job generating pressure. Now, I have a few things that I would like to see defensively done, um, and we'll talk more about that tomorrow, okay? So there you go. Let's go to show enough one of our many patrons. What's the word on Quincy Wiggins? Um. I mean, there basically is none at this point. You know, he's just not really a factor. Uh, and that's it's, – it's just reality at, at this point. Obviously, he has all the physical tools. Just everything else is just not there yet. Let's go to TJ here. Haven't watched much of Ole Miss, but I know Judkins has been contained for the most part. Have teams figured out how to scheme him out? And is our defense capable of doing that too right now? All right. No, TJ. Um, more so for tomorrow, we'll, we'll start getting into some scheme things that I would like to see um, LSU potentially do. But let's do this, okay? Let's have a conversation about Quinchon Judkins. Now, you know, going into the season, there was you know a big debate about who is a better. Uh, running back Quinchon Judkins or, or Rocket Sanders. And it's clear Quinchon had the better season than Rocket Sanders. But one of those two things that, that both of those guys had in common, TJ, was they carried the football a lot last year. We're talking 25 to 30 carries, quite a bit for both of them. Okay. Um, and you do begin to wonder, I know they're very young in, in their careers, but how much wear and tear does that do to you? Um, you know, it's, obviously it does something. But the one thing both of them have in common, TJ, is their offensive lines just aren't as good as they were the year before. Now, Arkansas's offensive line is just god-awful. Um, and Ole Miss's offensive line is just not that great. They're, they're just not. They're, they're really, really, really struggling at this point. But some of it, TJ, is – and look – this will come off as super bias because, you know, I'm a Jaden guy and I'm a KJ guy. I, I just don't see what everyone else sees in Jackson Dart. I just don't. Now, I said that about Will Rogers, and that turned out to be true. Obviously, Will played a little bit better. He put up a lot of numbers, but his QBR is still in the 50s. Um, but we shut him down. Now, Jackson Dart, I think, is better than Will Rogers. I think he plays in a better system than Will Rogers. But – you know, I, I, I think Jackson Dart's a good quarterback. I'm still a little shocked Spencer Sanders didn't beat him out. But, but yeah, I, I just think for me, 
if Lane's play calls aren't working, I don't think there's a whole lot of creativity uh, on on that offense. I don't think that they have a whole lot of playmakers. Now, let's also defend Ole Miss here just for a bit. This is a little unlucky if you're LSU. The, Ole Miss has also been very banged up, right? They haven't had Zakari Franklin, the transfer from UTSA. The Harris kid from Louisiana Tech transfer has been very unhealthy. I'm pretty sure uh, he played versus Alabama this past weekend. Um, but yeah, and also, you know, the play calling hadn't been as, as good. Now, I will also say this to defend Ole Miss. Last year, they had one of the softer schedules to start. This year, they've had one of the tougher schedules to start with, you know, the week two game at Tulane. Week three against a sneaky Georgia Tech team, and the week four versus a pissed off Alabama team. So, yeah, I mean that doesn't mean that they can't go off versus us. Um, and look, maybe Jackson Art goes off versus us because everybody's going off versus us. Uh, so, yeah, and look. There's also the injury, right? Him and Rocket have both been hurt. I mean, take that for what it's worth. They toted the Rock a lot last year. A lot. A lot. The load, man. The load is heavy. Okay. Let's go to Cole here. We referenced this just a little bit earlier. Okay. We're not likely to see any other players on the field this year. What do you make of that, and how do those players take that? Okay. So it was a very good question, but it is also um, something that is a little bit more um Ambiguous, if you ask me, because Brian Kelly could say, hey, uh, uh, for instance, let's just say Ryan Yates starts this next game. Well, that's obviously a shocking change, but that isn't, you know, Brian Kelly lying to because he has played some. OK, the staff really likes Ryan Yates. They, they really, really, really do. Um you know, he, he came from a really good high school football program in Guyer, Texas. He played a lot of corner in, in high school, not so much safety, even though he's more of a safety. And he played in a good defensive system, okay? So let's compare that to someone like JV and Toviano, all right? My biggest knock on him was they had a lot of just coverage bust, right? It, there was a lot of bust in their system, and obviously, you know, when you, when you, when you get here, you, you, you have to play, uh, have to play more coverage, right? I mean, block, you know, when you do this, uh, you, you have trolls. I, I, I want to see more of both of them. I really do. I, I would like to see more of both of them, but at this point, I think you would see more of Yates, um, you know, the Ashton Stamps hype is, is kind of withered here a little bit. You do have to wonder, 
uh, is it something health related? Is it, is it whatever? I, I like Ashton Stamps a lot. And I know the one player outside of Quincy Wiggins that gets brought up quite a bit is LaTerrence Welsh. Why isn't LaTerrence Welsh getting a chance to play? I saw him in the spring game make a few plays. I don't know. I, I, I really, really, really don't know at this point. What I could tell you, though, is, you know, the special teams reps he's gotten this year haven't been the cleanest. Uh, we brought that up in, in film studies at this, at this point. I, I would like to see him get some run. I, I don't understand what you have to lose at this point. The guys that we have now are getting beat. Why not let them play? I do think Zion Alexander, you got to roll with him at this point. Um, yes, it wasn't a good performance from him because the big explosive touchdown was on him. But I think he's your best corner now. And, you know, I I would like to see uh, LaTerrence get his chance opposite Denver Harris. So, yeah, I, I think – I think I'd like to see it. Now, I understand there's some of you saying, well, can we move this person to nickel or that person to nickel? Well, here's the issue with the nickel is it kind of doesn't exist as an every down role right now for Matt House. Now, why doesn't it exist? Well, it's because Harold Perkins is playing the nickel right now. Even though he's not a nickel, he is a linebacker. But in theory, he is playing the nickel right now. So right now, I think I'm about to give you the most cliche response uh, you'll ever hear. There's a lot of square pegs and round holes here. And I do think when you look at some of Matt House's at, uh, defenses at Kentucky, they they were built differently. They, they really, really, really were. Uh, so there you go. Now. Let's keep it moving with Danny Girl. How many points offensively does LSU need to score in this game to stay ahead of the defense? Are we thinking at least 35 points to have a shot to win? I think at this point, it's it's going to be hard to see LSU hold them to 10 points like Alabama did this past week. I do think this Ole Miss offense is a little shocked at how stale they've been. You know, they had the rough go of it early in that two-lane game. And, you know, there was a backup quarterback on the other sideline. But I think for me, Danny, I think LSU needs to be in the spot where they're putting up 30-plus in almost every game. Uh, let's go to Duke. So, Danny, I'm going to go with uh, LSU's putting up 35. Yeah, exactly what you sent me in the text. I'm nervous about the kid Ole Miss that's buying Milrow. He could cause us serious problems for us. Ironically, his last name is Perkins. Yeah, you know, look. Here's here's going to be the hard thing about going up against Ole Miss this year. Okay. There are a lot of eyeballs that have already been on LSU on that sideline, right? You have Lane Kiffin, of course, who 
has coached against LSU this past couple uh, this past year, and then you have you know Pete Golding who coached against LSU, but in a different setting. So I think they'll collaborate on what they need to do with Dar Perkins, and I also think Pete Golding is a far superior defensive coordinator than the two that we have faced more recently. Now, the funny thing about it is they're not that much different in terms of age. Golding has always been a little bit more on the younger side of things. You know, Travis Williams, of course, uh, the Arkansas defense coordinator, this is his first year as a DC at a P5 school. And then, of course, um, Mississippi State, they're, they're very young with their head coach, Jack Garnett, calling their defense, essentially. Um, you know, Golding's really good. He's always been a really good defensive coordinator. I never understood why he got heat at Alabama. He's been good. He's been good. You know, he's a Ron Roberts disciple. Uh, so, you know, he he can coach. So, I'll tell you this, though. The difference here is Milrow isn't good. Jaden Daniels is good, right? Milrow can't really throw, and it's not that Milrow doesn't have an arm. It's just there's not much nuance to his arm. Jaden Daniels is a far more nuanced thrower. Um, and I do think Jaden's a better runner than Milrow. I do. Like, Miller obviously is more powerful, but Jaden, I think, is a more creative runner. And I also think this is a big difference. Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. are playing at a high level right now, extremely high level. So, you know, what we'll see. And then, of course, a guy who was massive versus Ole Miss last year, and this was probably – his best game outside of Alabama was was Mason Taylor. Mason Taylor had his career-long reception in that game, and he blocked really well. Um, so once again, the defense scheme is different, but uh, I think our skill guys are going to give them a little bit more trouble. And I think LSU this year has a better running back room than Alabama. They have a better quarterback room than Alabama. I think our offensive line is better. Than Alabama's, I think our tight end is better. I think our wide receivers are better. So I, I think we'll be in a little bit better spot. The biggest difference, though, is that we're going to be on the road. So we'll see. A few questions here uh, on Mason. Okay, so once again, obviously I'm a huge Mason fan, and I want to see him continue to get snaps. I think at this point, though, there there needs to be a little bit heavier rotation because the truth is you're never quite the same player after the first year when you recovered from an ACL. Most people in sports medicine, I'm lucky to know quite a few of them, uh, will tell you that it's the next year. So it, it, it's just how that's always been. 
Now, the good news is Mason's happened early in the season. I don't think he's necessarily playing bad. I don't. He's playing a lot of double teams. It's really hard to play double teams. I think anyone will tell you at this point, though, he's not at his peak just yet. And there's a few theories I have as to why that is the case. Okay. Um, The first is the style of play is so different than how Ed Orgeron had the defensive line playing at that point. Okay. This is also the fourth defensive line coach in four years uh, for all the year three guys that are there. So there's a whole lot of change. And honestly, at this point, I think it has stunted some of the players' growth. I really do. Now, it's not stop Makai Wingo. Makai Wingo's been unbelievable uh, at LSU. But overall, I do think that has hurt Mason. I also think that we're still trying to figure out what we want to do up front. You know, like, for instance, the Ali Gay role, Ali Gay was never quite fit to play that role. Now, he wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but the role was just tough, that defensive end opposite the Jack, okay? What I would do is try Mason Smith there, and let's see what a lineup with Mason Smith, Makai Wingo, and Jordan Jefferson looks like. Add a little bit more beef because right now we have the worst yard per carry marks in the SEC. We have some of the worst yard before contact marks, not only in the run game, but in the pass game. So that means it's not necessarily that we are just getting beat. It's that we're not giving much resistance. Okay. And this is something that I said repeatedly about the Ed Orgeron tenure at the end. What concerned me wasn't that our defense was getting beat. It's that we weren't giving much resistance. The same thing is kind of happening here, right? I don't care if you get beat. There are times in life when you're going to get beat and you're going to go up. Like some of the Keon Coleman jump ball stuff, I could live with that. What bothers me is all the open stuff, the pitch and catch stuff, the easy third down conversion stuff. Make them have to work for it. Because here's one thing. We know that SEC receivers and just college football receivers, they drop a lot of passes. But if you leave them wide open and they're able to sit, build a fire, roast some marshmallows, smack together a s'more, and then catch the football, that is unacceptable. So give me some resistance, okay? I'm not just talking about those ban resistance. I'm talking about some mother freaking resistance. Give it to me. Give it to me. Get them. Give me some resistance. So yeah. Also been a tough year on Mason. Lost his dog, man. I don't know. I don't know if I could play football if I lost my dog, man. I hope hope that's going well for him, man. That's that's tough. Much love to Mason Smith. I think this could be a breakout game for him. Let's go. Also, let me say one quick thing before we get to Allen Super Chat. 
Okay. When did Miles Frazier start to play well? When did he start to play well? It was when we said, okay, let's try Lancer to right tackle. Let's put Emory Jones at right guard. Well, guess what happened? Miles Frazier started playing better. Okay. So what does Brian Kelly say at the press conference? Well, let's see if we could play Jordan Jefferson a little bit more at the nose. I'm telling you, almost every time when someone we know is is, is a good talent, has his playing time pushed or, or or whatever, they come back with a vengeance. Maybe that the same thing happens here. Scott Allen, very good question. Offensively, LSU is better than Alabama, but every defensive stat they are worse. Can the defense hold up? It's in against Ole Miss. So, yeah. All right. Let's go through it. Bama's got better edge defenders than us. Uh, I think defensive tackles were better. Bama's off-ball linebackers are off-ball linebackers. Pretty even. They're secondary, even though they lost a lot of pieces. They're, they're, they're better than us. Like, they lost... Branch, who was good. Battle, who was good. Um, Helms, who wasn't that good, but he played a lot. And uh, they lost Eli Ricks, and, but they're still good in the back end. Because it's Saban. Same, I don't think Saban's just ever going to have a bad secondary. He's the greatest secondary coach of all time. So they have Kool-Aid McKintree and all those guys. So, yeah, their defense has dudes. Our defense has dudes, but they're not playing well. So can they hold up against Ole Miss? I'll tell you this. Maybe. Right? Because Ole Miss's offensive line isn't that great. And one thing is maybe, Allen, it doesn't matter. Maybe it doesn't matter. What did I say after the Florida State game? That... I don't want to be in a spot where Jaden has to win every game in a shootout. Okay. I don't want to be in that spot. Okay. Now, this past week, we did win in a shootout. We did. But at the same time, our offensive line dominated, our receivers dominated, our running backs dominated. Mason Taylor had a really good game. And Jaden started off rough, and then he ended the game obviously really strong. Okay? You see how winning in shootouts consistently is really hard. It's really, really, really hard. And I don't think that that's necessarily Jaden's game. I don't. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I don't think our team, as good as our offense is, as good as EPA, yards per play, uh third downs, all that stuff, as good as we've been, I don't want to get in a shootout. I don't. Um, but here's a good thing, Alan. I feel like we can win them now. Jane's obviously playing a lot better. It's just like, it, it's like Jaden isn't like a gunslinger like that. That's not really what he does. Jaden likes to control a game. Like he, he doesn't, he doesn't make mistakes. You know, Dwight McLaughlin picked him off. So what? McLaughlin is the best turnover machine in the SEC, right? Uh, he's done it a lot this year. He did it a lot last year. Made a really good play on Jaden. 
So, yeah, I, I our defense has got to get better. I'm I'm not sure if we're in a spot where like we we can win every game 34-31, 35-28 or something like that. Now Jaden's good. It's just not really who he is. says winning by three is a rule against Arkansas four straight years. Game has been decided about three points. Shonuff wants to talk about Peyton Dodd. Uh, Jay Bramlett's really good. He's had another good season now. I know he would like to have that punt back that went into the end zone. But it was almost a perfect punt. Let's go to Justin McVicker. Does House typically not run delayed blitz, sending speed up the A-gaps? I just feel like off the edge we over-pursue, or they have to go away from Perk when he comes off the edge. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think some of that is 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 true. Um, so for instance, to Justin's point, we did bring Perk on a blitz after the Jane Bramlett punt into the end zone. And they threw directly into a Perk blitz, a screen to their receiver, and they got a huge, uh, a huge playoff of it. I ain't dry. Mm. Hmm. I guess you could say I forgot about Dre. Huh? 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 You're a block, son. Sorry to say. You don't come in here and disrespect Sir Harold Perkins like that. Simply want some better DB play. I love it. Now let's see. Oh dang, we're only only about twenty five away from the Trey White giveaway here. We're close. We are close. All right, here, here's what I'll say. Let's everybody welcome Simple Country Lawyer Larry Guy. Everybody welcome Simple Country Lawyer Larry Guy. See you, Larry. Did we lose DBU when Corey Webster walked to Florida? We have four to five star DBs with no one coaching them the way Webster did, in my opinion. I am down for Corey Webster to come back to LSU. But then again, I think you're referencing Corey Raymond. They did have Corey Webster, though. Uh, they did They did have Corey Webster speak to the team before the season. And we tried everything at this point. 
But this is a truth, okay? This is an undeniable fact. Corey Raymond is a great DBs coach. He just is. He's a better recruiter than he is coach, but he's really good, okay? And was he good at LSU? Yes. He played at LSU from uh, New Iberia. Obviously, Corey Raymond is, 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 I don't know how Florida's DBs are doing up to this point. I know one guy, they had a really bizarre dress-out situation. Uh, but I'll tell you this. I won't get into everything that happened during the Corey Raymond tenure, okay? Or, or how things didn't work out there at the end. Uh, Jared, thank you for the super chat. But I always want to answer first-timers questions. The first thing here is I don't want to necessarily talk about Corey Raymond until this offseason, okay? Because obviously you can't just jump over and, and fix what we're need, what needs to get fixed. RDBs regressed the last couple of years under Orgeron. And we ran man coverage on every snap. Now, it's not Corey Raymond's job, but I still I still have a lot of questions <laughs> about how that all ended. But Corey Raymond was a really good DB coach. Obviously, Jamal Adams and all those guys still stoop for him, and he's, he's, he's good. He was good here. But it's ironic you mentioned Corey Webster. Corey Webster was a DB at LSU before Corey Raymond. Patrick Peterson was a DB at LSU before Corey Raymond. Tyron Matthew was a DBU before Corey Raymond. Corey Raymond started in 2012. Tyron Matthew, of course, didn't play in 2012. So DBU started before Corey Raymond, and hopefully it will continue after Corey Raymond. We had a really good secondary last year. This year our secondary isn't so great, and we have issues. We really do, okay? Um. But I do think we like to romanticize with the past. And I do think we think of like former position coaches being a little bit more influential than they actually were. Now, look, Corey Raymond was really good. Um, uh, But, yeah, I don't think he is the reason why the secondary isn't all that great. Now, how do I know that? Because Corey Raymond's secondary last year was not good. They, They just were not good. And I can't say really anything about Florida's secondary up to this point other than they have been way better. I think the young defensive coordinator they got, he, he's been really good up to this point. He has. He, yes, he's, 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 he's looked pretty good. Um, but I, I'm, I'm fine with uh, – I'm fine with not bringing him back. Gary, thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate you. And let's keep it moving. H-Town, are you serious? Makai Gardner was straight trash? Trash? H-Town, come on. I'm the hot take guy, not you. Trash? Are we really going to say that about Makai Gardner? Trash? Hmm. I guess we watch different games. 
trash? A converse, I think, was better. As Alabama game will go down in history, but trash. Let's go to my friend and yours, Don Avana. He said, KJ Jefferson is uh, his size played a role as to why uh, there was a bust of coverage and we just couldn't bring him down. I got it. I get it. Still got to bring him down, though, and we still can't have those explosive plays the way that they were. Come on now. Gardner was not, but was good. I'm not gonna tell you. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you. Well, say he's he was Patrick Peterson. No, Makai Gardner was not bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm. Okay. Somebody didn't make the DB. Someone didn't make the NFL. So that means that they're trash. If you don't make the NFL, you're talking about a league where there's only 32 teams? Trash? I'm not going to do that. Not going to do that. It's lunacy. You think he's trash. Was he great? I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was, it, was, it was great. But trash? Come on. You can't call somebody trash. That means that, means that they gave you absolutely nothing. Samuel, I'm fine with the tush push. Stop it. If if, if you want. Okay. I, I cannot state how hard it is to make it in the NFL. It's hard. It's hard. Okay. You know, you know who couldn't last in the NFL? Charles Scott. Charles Scott. You saw how freaking good he was here? <laughs> there is there was never a thought in your mind when you watched Charles Scott played that you didn't think, okay, this guy's gonna get at least five hundred yards, at least one year in the NFL. Okay. Next thing. Next thing, and I, I cannot say this enough. I still to this day have no idea how Morris Claiborne was not a multiple time pro bowler. He stunk. And I made the NFL, but it's hard. It's so freaking hard. That's why some of the best players come from small schools. It's a, there's so many different factors for you to succeed in the NFL. So many. So many. 
the best tight ends in the modern era went to Kent State. Went to Arizona. And went to Cincinnati. Football powers. It's hard to make it in the NFL. It's impossible to predict who the great players are going to be in the NFL. It's impossible. Patrick Peterson, okay. I think everyone knew he was going to be a pro bowler. But, but yeah, I mean, there's like one player, or one or two players that you would bet your life savings on, on every LSU team, that you could say that guy's going to be really good in the NFL. Like one or two guys. But everyone else is, I mean, it's it's hard. It is hard to play in the NFL. So freaking hard. Okay. It's it's not just about talent. It's health. It's system. It's where you go. It's culture. Like, if, if you get drafted by the Bears, good freaking luck. Good freaking luck. Good freaking luck. Tell him D, D really is coming in hot. LDAA, we're working on it, man. I'm still a, a lowly peon on the college football scale. Ellie mom met me this weekend and she's like, you know what? I'm just going to show up late at every other live stream. She was the first person there. Her and freaking player X are in there chilling. Got us a table. Uh, Branson cat was there. And is, is, is his lovely girlfriend had a good time. Speak of the devil pressure was in there. Had a good time, man. Had a good time. Jay Floyd wants to talk about Jaden Daniels in the NFL. I will not talk about that until later. Okay. I'm I'm more worried about that. Um obviously I also have a policy if you super chat, I'll talk about it. Obviously, there is a lot of factors when it comes to Jaden in the NFL. He will make a team though. There's no doubt about it. Okay. But I mean, there's so many guys in the NFL that were not good in college and they're good pros. Doesn't make sense. You can be great in college, suck in the NFL. I mean, Brock Purdy. A T, T, T Dub is putting us on upset alert. He's putting us on upset alert. The issue, though, Travis. By the way, this is Travis Williams, the Arkansas defensive coordinator. Got burnt all last week. And now he's in here talking about putting us on upset alert. The issue. Travis, is you are not speaking into the megaphone here correctly. Like, it actually works the other way. But he's yelling into the wrong side of the megaphone. Upset alert! That'd be like if I opened this bottle of water and drank it. Oh, this water is so delicious! It's so good! Come on, T-Dub. If you're going to put us on upset alert, at least have the things in the right direction.
Travis Williams went outside and stepped out and, 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 and said, I'm, I'm, I'm popping this selfie and letting him know that he is on upset alert. Giffen needs to, keep, to chill with the, the Twitter talk. That's a good one, man. That is a good one. Al Woods was very decent at LSU. Like he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad, but he was he, he was fine. NFL. How many guys from the 07 team are still in the league? All right. I, I think Al might be the only one. Exotic pig coming in hot. Okay. Objectively speaking, it's going to be hard for Malik to jump Marvin Harrison in the NFL draft. Okay. With that said, I will say Malik's playing better right now than Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm not going to say he is better. Malik's got a better quarterback and so on. But but yeah, I I don't know. And I don't I I don't think this is the and I understand. Yeah, LSU. I got I'm an LSU guy. I don't think this is the most scorching hot take ever. I don't. I really, really, really don't. Okay. Thought Mason was the next Dorsey. I was the only one Glenn Dorsey. I will say it is a little bit harder to dominate a game at defensive tackle than like when when Glenn Dorsey played. You know, with it, like the, the quarterbacks in the SEC then weren't what they are now, right? Like they they just they just weren't. And I know that year they, they played Tebow, but it just it just the, the quarterback talent is so different now. Are you with the high school Malik exotic pig? That's that's cool, man. Now talk about being a good classmate. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Like just a few years ago, y'all were, y'all were probably hanging out at the locker, uh, going to lunch together, eating rectangular slices of pizza and chugging it with chocolate milk. And I have no idea why any educator thought that was a good combination. And students would continue to go to class with clogged up throats like they had just like i mean why not add a popeye's biscuit in there
Um, but that's cool. I know. I know Malik. It feels watching back. Oh yes, my guy, exotic pig. I mean, I I never understood that combination. Rectangular pizza. With the little itsy bitsy cubed pepperonis and chocolate milk. Just slap it on a tray. I'm still thinking about that that combination. I don't know if I can. I don't even know I could do the rest of this live chat. Just a rectangle pizza, slap it on a tray, and corn too. <laughs> oh man! And they had the audacity to give you napkins. Oh, and then and then you would eat that and then go go to recess and be like, wait. You, 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 you want us to go run after this? You, you want to? <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. <laughs> My daughter's good friend just fought on Dana White's contenders. No, this was uh, brought up in our Discord, AP. I, I was given the, the scoop. That's crazy. Now. Here's what we're going to do. In the next 10 or so minutes, I'll answer as many questions um, as I possibly can. But if you super chat, we'll keep it going. I'll answer as many questions as we possibly can. It's crazy how good BTJ has been this year. But it's not crazy if you're a PHL subscriber. We did a deep dive on BTJ a few weeks ago. It's crazy. It's crazy uh, how, how good... Uh, how good he's been. But I thought there was a lot of positive regression with him coming. Like, he just had such bad luck these last couple seasons with penalties, uh, calling back his deep touchdowns, and 
plays. It it it's it's crazy. Now, I'll say it once, I'll say it again. It's still crazy to me. Like, I still don't know what the best way for me to go about doing this is. Because I, I don't know Paul schemes. But it was pretty freaking cool, though, that the PHL bands that I wear every single day, that a lot of you wear every single day, I don't know if Paul Skeens still has this on right now, but Paul Skeens is wearing a PHL band, and that PHL band has been viewed over 20 million times. Everybody's tweeted that photo of him and Livy at the game, and you could see it on his right wrist. If he had it on his left wrist, you wouldn't be able to see it, but on his right wrist, he is such a great guy. It's so cool. So cool when you when when you meet the goats. Uh But um, but yeah, Carson, thank you for the super chat. And I think that actually gets us to the hundo mark, and it does. All right. So we got to give out a Trey White card. Uh, if you are from North Louisiana, let me know. I'm going to send this Trey White card to somebody from North Louisiana. If you are from North Louisiana, let me know. If anybody knows Paul Skeens, let me know. I'm not even, like, if he'd want to jump on the channel, I'd obviously love it. Let me see. If you're from North Louisiana, I will happily send this card. All right. So it looks like uh, Tyler raised his hand. So Tyler, congratulations. You're getting a Tredavious white card. Congrats. I'll show Tyler some love in here. Oh, did uh the show enough is show enough? Are you from North Louisiana? I see he said three one eight. Okay, well so so we'll send it we'll send it to uh Yeah, Joey B does have PHL bands. I did give him quite a bit. Um also gave him a PHL shirt. I gave him two actually. Uh no, sure enough, we'll send it to you, man. No big deal. Uh, Tyler, know, Tyler knows I got him. 
So there you go. Congratulations, Chonuff. You're the first person to comment. So we'll send it to you, man. Y'all are both patrons. I, I think Tyler's pretty cool with it. I think I've sent Ty, I think I've sent you a um a Tredavious White card before as well. So um so yeah, congratulations. Shonuff is the winner. Okay. Well, how about this? How about I send y'all both one? That's a good way to decide this. That's what we do here on PHL. It's all love, baby. It's all love. I mean, there's a lot of comments flying in. It's tough. It's all love, baby. It's all love. I'll send y'all both one. Just both of y'all send me a message in the Discord, and I'll, I'll get it out. Now, um, Carson, you get to pick the next topic. Go right on ahead. I better think Carson. He was the one that got us over the hump. You know what they got? I, I, I'll say this. All right. I know a lot of you feel one way or the other about Deion Sanders. Okay. There is one thing I strongly agree with him on, which is a single digit number thing. Okay. But I do want to give Dion a lot of credit for this. Okay. And it's making its rounds because everything Dion says does. He just got his ass kicked by Colorado. And I understand they didn't have Travis Hunter, but I, I don't know how much I would have changed. And they got Caleb Williams and USC coming up this next week. I love the fact that Dion called out Carmani McLean. A five-star corner. He straight up called him out and said he's he's been late to meetings. He's got to do the right things and, and so on and so on. Okay? Freaking love it. All right? Some coaches don't have that in them. They're afraid that the word gets out. And honestly... I wish we had more of that in sports. Okay. 
I'm 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 not with the old school yell at kids all the time. It's it's obviously archaic and so on and so on. But the truth here is you gotta show up. You gotta show up, man. You you just do. I don't have time with you not loving your role or whatever. Okay. And I would like to think that if I played college football, you wouldn't mysteriously just see me just not show up at practice. Okay. Now, college football is tough. Mental health is a very real thing. We don't know how so-and-so deals with this or that. But I do think this is a truth that is really hard for five stars in particular. I do feel being a five-star will get to a five-star's head, and you lose that dog mentality. You just do. And you just get coddled, and everybody wants you, and getting all this money and and all those things. I'm – it, it drives me freaking crazy, man. Drives me freaking crazy. So love or hate Dion, I guarantee a lot of people that may not like Dion, you probably like him a lot more now. Because there's one thing about being a player's coach, and there's a different thing about just telling the daggum truth. Okay? And I do think there were times – um at LSU and other SEC programs where guys just kind of just did their own thing. Not how it works in football, man. I truly do believe there are other sports where you can have guys not really locked in and you can still win. Don't think you could do that in football. I really don't. I think you have really got to be locked in. You really do. I I I I love that Dion said that. I love it. Let's see, Carson. If you got a question, uh, let me know. Let me see if he got one in after the super chat. Kids are supposed to be yelled at Carter. You could also get off my lawn. I yeah, it it is always weird. Okay, so you know, and and Danny, I know, I know you're that's not what, what you were doing, but it's crazy. Every time I, I bring up something about like North Louisiana, it gets into like 
it gets into the territorial thing. Like, what exactly is South Louisiana? Everything south of Alexandria is is real Louisiana. Everything north of that is 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 is, is, is Yankees. I do show enough. Uh, just hit, just hit me up in the Discord. So just to let you know, show enough. I I guarantee you my, my head is bigger than yours. Uh, Trey's not in here, but he explained what this thing is on the back of my head, and I can't wear hats. Like this weekend in Baton Rouge, I went to the Dick Sporting Goods, and I wasn't trying to get a new hat. I always just wear my own, but like. I tried on all like the one size fit halls, uh, all hats, and they all they all did this on me. So this hat does fit a bigger head, right? So it'll fit yours. I like to think. Our exotic pig wants to talk about PHL. Guest Jack Besh. I will always have a soft spot in my heart for Jack Besh. And honestly, I mean, he, he would probably be the number three wide receiver on our team right now. But, you know, it was time for him to go in a separate direction. You know, at that time was Kayshawn coming back. Was he not? Uh, what was actually going on with the wide receiver room? I don't know. He made the decision to go to TCU, and and that wide receiver room is crowded, and he's he's barely played. Um. So yeah, you know, Ross could be Jack Besh uh, fans on here. His parents were supporters of ours, and you know, we know Jack can play. It's just kind of weird that by far your best season as a collegiate player has been as a true freshman where he was unfreaking believable. But the thing that's kind of weird was he played tight end. He played a hybrid tight end for us. So, you know, I think now you're going to see tight ends be used more. So, yeah. Oh, Billy, that's, that ship has sailed, brother. <laughs> it, it has sailed. Uh, welcome, Mud Marble. How do you feel about Zion Alexander, Deuce, and Major? Should they start? Yeah, Zion definitely should. Major Burns, ugh. I think he. I think he should stay in. Deuce. I wouldn't mind seeing Zion and, and Deuce being the guys, but uh, I don't know. That's what she said. Bigger head. Ah. I will not comment anymore on the size of my head again. But yes, it'll fit your, it'll fit 
your skull. It'll fit the thing that's around your brain. All the organs. Take a few more here. I'm down, Marvo. Oh, exotic pig. They're not even there's the no. Uh my only thing about Garrett Nussmeyer would be buy some crocs. If he wears crocs, he won't be in a Miles Brennan situation. All right, y'all. A boy will be live tomorrow at 6, and we'll be live again Thursday at 8.15. Don't forget, live stream schedule always states the same pregame, halftime, postgame. I will continue the conversation in the Discord. Okay? Eh! Has power out LSU. Boom! Don't forget. Uh, tomorrow we'll have a few extra breakdowns on Patreon, and tonight we are doing oh stir fry night two. Let's freaking 